Hey everybody, welcome to episode 342 of the Running Rogue Podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from Austin, Texas. Excited to be back with you in the new year after a little hiatus to round out 2023. Thanks to your patience with me as I was taking a little bit of break to be with family over the holidays, but I'm excited to be back and we'll be coming to you with weekly episodes from here on out. I've got a lot to cover today. I'm excited about my topic to kick things off in the new year, we're going to be talking about when more is more and when less is more. Knowing when doing more of something is actually beneficial and going to get you more benefit in training and knowing when doing less of something is actually the right balance in order to get more down the road. So I've got four different things to talk about in each category. When is more more and when is less more? so that you can modulate and balance your training going into 2024 and hopefully smash some new goals this year. Before we get there, I've got a few things to kick off the episode. First of all, I want to recognize my sponsors for this episode. Run John G, John G Running Apparel is back working with me this year. And also my other two sponsors from last year, the end of last year, Care Of, as well as Better Help are continuing to work with me into 2024. I'm really excited to extend those sponsorships and continue those partnerships to bring you discount codes for all of those amazing services, all of which I use personally myself. So we're going to talk about those and give you offer codes throughout the episode. The other thing that I have to mention as we kick things off is that I've actually just opened up, well, last week opened up the podcast training group, the Rogue Renegades, the one I coach with James Dodds, who's been a recent co-host with me, that that group is open to train for races from March until June. If you want to jump in, you can jump in now. We only open that for about four weeks a year, once in January and once in June. And so if you want to jump in on that, now is the time. We also have our Rogue Rising group open that James coaches with one of the athletes I coach, Carrie Dyer. So both are actually open right now. And they're basically stratified based on what's better for you from an experience and a current volume standpoint. We're really trying to point those more experienced athletes who are comfortable either now or in the past running more than 40 miles per week into the Rogue Renegades, which is the group I coach with James. And The other group, Rogue Rising, is really for that newer building runner who might not yet be at higher volume levels, but might aspire to those. And across both of those groups, you can train for any distance from 5K up to marathon. And we've got options for both. So if you want to jump in to our virtual group training, now is the time to do that. You can check out the information at our website, roguerunning.com. Click on train and then virtual group training and you'll get the options that we have laid out for you there. You can also email us at coaching at roguerunning.com to get direct questions answered if you have those or if you want to reach out and learn more. So go check that out. Those groups are open now. Rogue Rising will probably continue to be open after January because we're building that group. It's already good, 25, 30 people now, but we're still building that group. And the Rogue Renegades will close within a few weeks time because that group tends to cap out. So if you want to jump in on either, do it now. Again, check it out at roguerunning.com or email us coaching at roguerunning.com. Okay, now before I jump into my main topic, I want to thank you for all of those. I've gotten a bunch of messages from people that are excited about my race coming up here in Houston this Sunday. 
I'm personally excited about it as well. And I really appreciate the well wishes that I've gotten from a bunch of listeners, as well as, of course, people I coach. I want to thank you for sending the good energy. You can track things. Houston Marathon has an app. You can check it, track things. You can track what I'm doing on Sunday. If you want to follow along, I will be hitting those timing mats and be thinking about those that are tracking and cheering and supporting from afar. So please send all of your fast vibes and energy to me on Sunday. I really, really appreciate the support. And I'm excited to tell you about it on the other side, no matter what happens. Okay, before we jump in, quickly want to talk about my partnership with Run Jonji. They are Jonji Running Apparel, amazing, functional, and beautiful running apparel. They've become my favorite running apparel company. I'll be wearing their trail half tights in my race on Sunday, and I've been wearing a lot of their merino wool stuff here in the cooler temperatures this winter. I've got five or six of their merino pieces, and they're the perfect balance of warm and yet not too hot when you start to heat up from sweat. So I want you to go check out their website, runjohnji.com. You can use my code rogue15, R-O-G-U-E-1-5 for 15% off. That code is going to expire at the end of January. So if you're going to jump on it, you need to jump on it now because then I'll have a new code and a new offer to share after January. So go to their site, runjohnji.com or johnji.com, fill your cart, and then use code ROGUE15, R-O-G-U-E-1-5 for 15% off before that code expires. Go check it out. You will not be disappointed with their gear. I'm loving their stuff. Okay, with that, let's jump in to my topic. We're going to be talking about when more is more in training, when doing more of something is better for you, and we're going to talk about when less is more when pulling back and modulating might actually be better for you so that you can strike the right balance here as you chase your goals in 2024. Under each of those categories, I've got four things to talk about, four things to share. So eight total, eight tips to consider to find the right balance in 2024. Let's jump in. We're going to start with more is more. When is doing more better for you? When does that lead to better training results? And obviously, caveat being that there's, there's a line for everything. But general rules of thumb, when is doing more of something better for you? When is it going to help you achieve your fitness goals? And the first one is a fundamental talking point for this show that's been around since the very first episode. More is more when it comes to mileage. More is more when it comes to volume. And again, caveat being, of course, there's always too much. You can only run as much as you can recover from. But most of you listening to this could do more volume. And I want you to commit to doing more volume in 2024. Obviously, you have to build from whatever your starting point, And you don't want to build too quickly. But taking incremental steps, building total volume, in 2024 versus 2023 is going to help you achieve your goals, especially if you do it the right way. And we'll talk more about what that means in terms of doing it the right way as we go. But first, let's just talk about why is mileage so important? Time on your feet, aerobic volume, especially at easy efforts, is the number one thing you can do to run faster. And I get it. I know it. It's counterintuitive. That running slower can actually make you faster, but it's absolutely true. And it's true across other elements of fitness as well. For example, strength training. No one questions the fact that if you want to get stronger, you lift 
less weight, more reps most of the time. And then occasionally you test your max and running is no different. Most of the time we do lower weight, i.e. slower paces, more reps, i.e. more volume frequently. And then occasionally we test our max in workouts and on race day. And that's the way our body works in order to build to a faster place. And most people struggle because of ego and other reasons with embracing that principle, truly, truly embracing that principle. What I want you to consider in 2024 is that you can, you can take incremental steps. You have perhaps created a boundary in your own head that says, I can't do more than X. People will tell me all the time, I can't run more than X days a week, or I can't run more than X miles per week, or I can't run more than X miles per year. Well, I'm here to tell you that most likely that is an arbitrary barrier that you created in your head. It's a story that you're telling yourself and you could do more if you do it the right way. We'll talk more about what that means, but spoiler alert, you have to slow down. You have to slow down. You have to do more running in the lower heart rate zones at easier efforts in order to actually build mileage in a way that's safe And by the way, that's also the best way to develop your aerobic system. So why is more volume better? Because when we run more, we work our aerobic system in a way that makes it stronger, that builds our foundation. You might hear people talk about building base mileage. That's what we're talking about here. The more you run, the stronger your aerobic foundation, the faster you will be. Full stop. That's the way it works. Because when we run more, especially at easy efforts, we change our physiology from the inside out. We add lung capacity. We improve our bloodstream's ability to carry more oxygen efficiently. We improve our bloodstream's ability to pass oxygen into our working muscles. We actually extend our capillary beds. We get more blood vessels. And then, of course, at the cellular level, we add mitochondria to our working muscles into those cellular spaces so that you can perform more respiration, which makes you go. Or mitochondria equals faster. All those physiological changes happen over time and they happen as we consistently build volume. So I would just challenge you to look at what you did in 2023, however many miles that may have been. And I want you to consider a commitment to increasing that by 20% in 2024. So if you ran 1,000 miles last year, I want you to run 1,200 this year. If you ran 1,500 miles, I want you to run 1,800. If you ran 2,000 miles, I want you to run 2,400 miles. Consider taking that next step when it comes to volume. Again, we'll talk about it. You have to do it easy efforts in order to really build that safely. But if you do it that way, you will be able to do it in a way that keeps you healthy while you're recovering so that ultimately you can have the biggest foundation you can possibly build, which means that your peak will be even higher. Now, of course, you can only run as much volume as you can recover from. And so there is a limit to that. But I would suggest or submit that most people aren't anywhere close to that limit. And if they are, it's likely because they're running too fast. So that's number one. More is more. More miles are better. I know that can be hard for some people to hear, but it's absolutely true. 
So that's number one on the more is more list. Number two on the more is more list, more variety in training is better. More variety in training is better. And what I'm talking about when I talk about variety, let me define it and make it clear. Variety is making sure that you're mixing up the types of distances that you're training for so that you're not always training for the same distance. If you want to be the fastest version of your marathoning self, then you need to be training at other times for different distances. A half marathon cycle. And I'm not talking about doing a half marathon in a marathon build. While that has a place, I'm talking about doing a dedicated half marathon cycle where the half marathon is your focus. Or perhaps doing a dedicated cycle where a 5K or a 10K is the focus. Or by the way, if you're a 5K runner and really trying to nail your 5K, you're going to benefit from doing a dedicated cycle for a half marathon. If you want to be the best at any distance, you need to make sure you're staying well-rounded as a runner. You're working the full spectrum of, spectrum of the range. Otherwise, you will become one-dimensional, which will only limit your potential down the road. So if you're a marathoner and you're always doing marathons, or if you're a half marathoner and you're always doing half marathons, or if you're a 5K, 10K athlete and that's all you ever do, then you will eventually plateau. But if you branch out and do other distances, then you're going to get benefit from that that's going to carry back to your primary race and help you break through. And there's great examples of this in the elite world. One example is Josh Kerr, British athlete who won the world championships in the 1500 in the track last year. He beat Jakob Ingebrigtsen, who is the, the best miler in the world, was the favorite to win the event. Josh Kerr wins that event in an amazingly exciting race. Why did he win that event? It wasn't because he got faster. It's because he got aerobically stronger and therefore his ability to hold his pace throughout the entire race and especially in a finishing straightaway was stronger, not because he was working on getting faster, but because he was working on getting aerobically stronger by doing a half marathon training block during the season prior. So Josh Kerr, a miler, is world champion today because he spent time out of training for the mile and trained for a half marathon. So if he can benefit from it, we all can. And it goes both ways, short to long, long to short. You've got to create that variety in your training. If you're only doing one distance, you will plateau. So if you're that person who's really excited about the fact that they started doing half marathons and you want to only do half marathons, I've got unfortunately bad news for you. You need to work other distances. You're going to benefit in the half distance if you go down to the 5K and you train, train and focus there. And I'm not talking about racing one periodically. I'm talking about doing a dedicated training block that gears towards that specific distance so that you can optimize your performance there and then take what you've learned both mentally and physiologically to then the half again, and it will help you. My general recommendation for any 12 to 18 month window is that you're doing, if you're a marathoner, you're doing one of each. You're doing a marathon cycle, you're doing a half marathon cycle, and you're doing a 5K, 10K training cycle in those 18 months. You're getting one of each. Now, there's obviously reasons to 
break that rule on occasion in order to hit specific races. And maybe you'll stack periodically two in a row that are the same. So it doesn't have to be perfect. That is a rule of thumb. But I promise you, you will get the most out of any distance if you're willing to work in variety. And then within the cycles that you choose, you also still want to create some variety so that your body doesn't become stuck in a training rut, so to speak. You want to mix up your training. You want to do workouts differently. You don't want to just repeat the same thing over and over again because you're evolving as an athlete and therefore your training should evolve. And all the fundamental principles are the same, but you can also plateau if you're not creating variation even within a certain type of training cycle. I was shocked to read in Des Linden's book that essentially with the Hansons, she was doing the same marathon cycle over and over and over again. It looked exactly the same every single time, except that she was adding more volume and she was just running faster paces. That was the only difference. And what did that lead to for her? It led to overtraining, which caused or contributed to a thyroid issue that she then had to get medicated to address. There was not enough variety in her training. Now she's getting much more of that, and I highly recommend you do the same. Find variety. doesn't mean you have to change everything, every cycle, but you should be doing different things. You should be mixing up workouts. You should be mixing up long-run workouts. You should certainly be mixing up the race instances that you train for. So that's number two on this list of more is more. More variety is more. Okay, before I get to number three on my list for more is more, I want to quickly talk about my sponsorship with BetterHelp. They are the largest online therapy provider and they can help you. I came across a quote at the end of 2023 that just simply said, instead of creating a resolution to change yourself, you should create a resolution to be yourself in 2024. To me, that was a powerful message. Oftentimes we're trying to be something different instead of just leaning into who we are and owning that and amplifying it. And I think therapy is something that can help you do that. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Again, it's entirely online, really convenient, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule because it's done virtually. You go to their site, you fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist, and then you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So celebrate the progress you've made Visit betterhelp.com slash running rogue today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash running rogue, 10% off first month. Go check it out. Okay, now getting to number three on my list for more is more. This is an underutilized one, I think, already. So not only do I want you to double down on it, but I want you to triple and quadruple down on it. But more is more mental prep. More is more mental prep. We so often talk about the physical side of training and we're always worried about paces and miles and am I going slow enough? Am I going fast enough? And am I doing the right workouts? And my long runs dialed in? And how am I tracking it all with my watch? And what does it tell me? And what's my heart rate? And all these things. We spend so much time on the physical aspects of training. We don't spend nearly enough time on the mental aspects. And so I want you to commit in 2024 to doing more is more when it comes to mental preparation, not only in training, but also obviously in prep for races. So what does that look like? What does that look like? And I've got a bunch of episodes on it. So you can go back and find those. 
But for this episode, I just want to give a couple of thoughts, a couple of examples of ways you can amplify your mental game in 2024. The first would be to bring mantras into workouts. Bring mantras into workouts. We talk about mantras for race day. Talk about rhythm mantras. I talk about fight mantras, having both rhythm mantras for those early and middle miles when it's all about finding a rhythm, being efficient, being as smooth and comfortable as you can for as long as possible. And then, of course, fight mantras for the end when it's time to go to battle. Talk about those for race day. But how often have you practiced mantras in training in a workout? I want you to think about that in 2024 and put that in practice. Think about rhythm mantras that you can bring into a tempo workout when you're trying to really focus on being efficient and holding an effort, not making it too hard and making it feel as smooth and easy as possible. I want you to bring a rhythm mantra into that workout, one or two, and practice using it. Try to find a rhythm using a mantra to help you do so. Because by the way, Marathons, half marathons, even 5Ks and 10Ks are efficiency games. The more we can be efficient at slightly uncomfortable paces, the faster we can ultimately run on race day. So bring mantras into workouts. Maybe you have a really intense 400 workout where you're working 5K paces and faster, maybe down to mile pace for 400s. Bring some fight mantras to that. Bring some rhythm mantras for the early reps, perhaps, but bring some fight mantras for those late reps where it's all about pushing the edge, finding your limit, and pushing past. What does that look like when you take some of these things that we've talked about and utilized for race day and you bring it into workouts? Well, I think it helps you not only execute the workouts better, but also figure out what mantras are going to work for race day. So then you have tried them on for size and you can put them to work because you know what works when it comes to the race day itself. So that's one way you can double down on mental prep in 2024 is bring mantras into workouts. Another way in 2024 is to do more visualization, not just for races, but also I want you to do visualization for workouts. You know, the science on visualization tells us that if we visualize something, then it has a neuromuscular impact that is similar to actually doing that thing. So you can take something you've never done and you can visualize it and then it will be as if neuromuscularly you've done that before. That is an absolutely powerful way to prepare your body and your mind for anything you're going to do. So I want you to think about visualizing for workouts. Think about those hill reps you're going to do. You've perhaps done them before. You know that hill by heart. Visualize starting out at a conservative effort in the first rep, easing into it. Visualize progressing through the workout. Visualize having some tough moments in the later reps and working through those. Visualize recovery and really taking advantage of those breaks where you're running down the hill and or taking your water break and you're getting that heart rate as in control as possible so that you can then go do the next rep. So visualize workouts. Visualize yourself crushing workouts. Visualize yourself having challenges in workouts and working through them. And then, of course, visualize more for race day because that absolutely works. Now, lastly, another thing you can do in 2024 is when you're preparing for a race, I want you to start your mental prep even sooner. 
you know, a lot of times we save it for the end. We save it for that last week or even few days where you're thinking, oh, okay, now I'll think about my mantras or now I'll connect to my purpose for the day or now I'll think about my mental toolkit and what I'm going to bring to bear on race day. And certainly you want to be reviewing that stuff in those final days and that final week. But I want you to start your mental prep a month out. I want you to start your mental prep two months out, practicing the mantras you might use in, wor- in workouts, visualizing success on race day, maybe not all at once, but in small chunks starting a, a month, two months out, preparing your mental toolkit, thinking about the different things besides mantras that you can bring to bear on race day, whether that be counting or going fishing. And then of course you can, if you have a prep race, practice those things in your prep race. But I want you to invest more time in 2024 in mental prep. Start it sooner. Emphasize it longer. It's as important as the physical side in order to get the outcomes that you want. So that's number three. Number four, when it comes to more is more. More is more when it comes to fueling. More is more when it comes to fueling. I'm going to talk about this in a couple of different areas. First area being post-run, post-workout fueling. I think in general, if I were to talk in broad strokes, I think people in general are under-fueled. You're not giving your body the nutrients and the calories and the macronutrients that you need in order to be your best running self. I think most people aren't. And in particular, I think the window that's lacking is that post-run nutrition window where you should be getting a filling, balanced carbs, fats, protein meal within 90 minutes of a hard effort. That's within 90 minutes of a workout. That's within 90 minutes of a long run. That's within 90 minutes of a medium long run. Do not skimp on that window. And in fact, I want you to overdo that window. I want you to eat more than you think you should in that window. I want you to overcompensate in that window in 2024. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is because in that window, your body is looking for the building blocks to recovery. It needs carbs, fats, proteins in order to take the damage you've done from your training, from the workout, from the long run, and it needs to start repairing the tissues that have been damaged that will ultimately build back stronger Your body needs those raw materials to go to work and do that. And it starts within that 90-minute window. Carbs, fats, proteins. I wouldn't worry so much about the exact ratios. Just get a balanced meal with those three macronutrients and get plenty of it. The second thing is that your body is best prepared to absorb those macronutrients in that window. And in particular, it can absorb carbs and store them back as glycogen that can then go be used the next time you need fuel. So you want to think in many ways about carb loading post-workout more than carb loading pre-workout because your body is taking those carbs and it is more efficiently and more readily storing it back as glycogen, which can then be used to fuel your next hard or long effort, which might be a couple days away. But it is in the business of replenishing those stores and it is more efficient at doing so in that window. So make sure you get a filling, balanced carbs, fats, proteins meal 
that's substantial after hard efforts, after medium long runs, after workouts, after long runs. It's absolutely critical. And I think most people are underdoing it. I don't want you to think about how many calories it is. I just want you to fill yourself up. And if you err on a side, overdo it, especially in those windows. You have to fuel your body to get results. And if you're not doing that, then you are missing out. So more is more when it comes to fueling, especially post-run, but also more is more. And this is still being researched. The science is still out when it comes to getting more carbs in run as well. There's increasing science that says the more grams of carbohydrate you can get inside a run, inside a race especially, the faster you can be. Now, again, science is... Not fully definitive on this, but there is emerging science that getting more grams of carbohydrate can help you run faster in a race. And so, another area to experiment, and again, we're all in of one when it comes to in-run nutrition especially, you got to figure out what works for you, you got to figure out the frequency that works for you. And the typical guidance for gels, for example, is to start them at about an hour in, Come back to them every 35 to 40 minutes or so in order to make sure that you have the fuel that you need to perform. There's emerging science that tells us that if you can get more than that, it can maybe help you perform better. And so if that's interesting to you, then that may be something to experiment with where you decrease the frequency between those gels. So maybe instead of going 35 to 40 minutes, you try to get them every 30 minutes on some long runs to test that out. And if that works for you, then maybe you try to push that to every 25 or 20 minutes. And obviously there is some limit there that your stomach will tell you about. And obviously you might have a limit in terms of the number that you can carry. But that's another area of emerging science that's telling us, hey, if I can get more carbohydrate in run, then I can perform better. So that is a more is more potential situation as well. But you have to play with it. You got to experiment with it. And I would encourage you if you're going to do that, to do it very gradually and give yourself plenty of time to experiment. This is not something to play with or test one month out from race day. So that's another area which is more is more. More fuel is better for your performance. So let's talk about the other side of the coin. When is less more? When is doing less more? And I've got four of these for you as well. The first one I've already alluded to, which is that slowing down on your easy days is another situation where less is more. Is Well, the first situation I'm talking about here where less is more. Going slower is more on your easy days. And I really want you to test the limits of this one in 2024. Everybody always asks me, should I be getting faster on my easy runs? Should I be going faster on my recovery runs? I don't want you to ever think about that, and certainly not in this year. I want you to think in 2024, how can I go even easier on my recovery days in 2024? Because I promise you, if you commit to that and you do it, then you're going to be able to unlock some things on speed days and on race day that you never thought possible. That is an absolute guarantee. I want you to slow down even more on your easy days. I pulled some interesting data for me in 2023, looking at my watch summary for the year. 
And it showed me some really fascinating things that I didn't quite expect, but I was looking at my heart rate by heart rate zone. And I was looking at my average pace per mile for 2023 across all the miles that I ran. And interestingly, I spent 52% of my miles in 2023 in zone one heart rate, which is recovery zone. So more than half of my miles were spent in a recovery zone. Another 34% was spent in zone two. So if you total that, 86% of my miles were spent in zone one or two, the easy zones. And I find it fascinating. People always talk about, well, we need more zone two, more zone two. Well, I actually think we need more zone one. Zone one means you're truly recovering while still getting aerobic benefit so that you can then not only have a bigger foundation because you can do more miles, but you're also doing it in a way that doesn't tax the musculoskeletal system as much so that you can stay healthy while doing it and therefore be consistent and do more miles. So 86% of my miles spent in zones one or two, more than 50% in zone one. And that means only 14% of my miles were spent in quality, zones three, four, or five. I would bet that most people have those ratios a little bit off. So how can you do more in zone one? How can you do more in zone two? And by the way, are you going slow enough to really, really achieve those zones? And most of the time, we're always thinking about, I need to be doing faster. We're comparing easy runs. I need to be doing them faster. No, actually, I want you to be doing, I want you to run easy runs slower in 2024, and I want you to see what happens. My average pace per mile across all my miles in 2023 was nearly three minutes per mile slower than my target marathon pace on Sunday. Three minutes per mile. And by the way, I'm talking about all miles. I'm even talking about the speed miles. That's every single mile that I ran in 2023. The average pace was three minutes per mile slower than marathon pace. More than that. Which means that, by the way, if you took out the speed miles that my easy or recovery miles were even slower than that on average in 2023. And yet I'm in a, I'm feeling great in amazing shape. And while we don't know what's going to happen on Sunday, I know that I'm absolutely ready to run a great marathon right now. Put myself in a good position for that. And I did it by running easy enough, by going slow enough, by doing more miles at slow efforts. And I want you to commit to that as well. More miles is more, slower pace, less is more. Commit to easier, easy runs and easier recovery runs in 2024. It will pay off. Okay, before we get to number two on the less is more side of this equation, I want to quickly talk about my partnership with Care Of. I've been working with them for nearly two years, maybe more than two years at this point. They're a longtime sponsor of mine, and I absolutely love it because they tailor what you need. They help you tailor what you need to you. And we talked about it on the mental health side. 2024 should be about you stepping into you, being comfortable in your own skin. And that's what's nice about Care Of on the physical side is they help you figure out what you need for your body to be its best self in terms of supplements and vitamins. And they give it to you every month in subscription form. So it's so easy for you to take it and not think about it and not miss a beat with it. And that's why I started it because I needed 
vitamin D regularly and was forgetting it or running out and not having it replenished. But I started with that and I've layered in more things now working with them. And so I get all of the vitamins and supplements I need via care of. And it's so easy. You go to their site, you take the quiz, you fill out your goals and your needs, and they give you a custom list of recommended items to put in your subscription packs. And you can pick and choose from that list. You look at the science, you look at the ingredients, you can see all the details and you can add what you want to it and leave off what you don't. You can also add other things from their larger baskets. If you want to add other elements that they haven't recommended, you can tailor it to exactly what you need to be your best self here in 2024. And then they ship it right to you. It comes in daily compostable packs for less impact on the environment. You take what you need every day and it's that simple. So for 50% off your first order, go to takecareof.com and enter code ROGUE50. That's takecareof.com, code ROGUE50, R-O-G-U-E-5-0 for 50% off. Go check it out. Okay, now let's get to number two on the list of less is more. Sticking with the pace theme, we're going to go less is more on pace in workouts. Less is more on pace in workouts. Chronically, people always want to be doing more. They think if they want to get to a certain goal time in a race, that they need to leap to doing workouts at those equivalent paces without being ready for it. And so what happens is people end up overstretching, overreaching, and therefore ending up in the wrong aerobic zones to actually build the fitness you want to get those goals that you're chasing. And most of the time, you'd be better off actually being patient, holding back, because as I've talked about on other episodes before, in order to get where you're going, you have to train where you are. You have to train at the paces you're at in order to get where you're going. And again, that may be a principle that's counterintuitive to some, but if you want to get to the next level, you actually have to stay exactly where you are, which will then unlock the door to the next level. By, by keeping in control with those training paces and really focusing on hitting the appropriate efforts to build the fitness that you need to then take that next step. And most of the time, people are always pressing and they're reaching for paces, which then becomes counterproductive, can also lead to injury, which then prevents you from being consistent, and then it all falls apart. And so less is more on paces and workouts. The other thing I want to call out here is again, as I mentioned earlier, the marathon, the half marathon, even the 5K and 10K are efficiency games. It's not about pushing the edge. Certainly there's a time and place for that. But it's mostly about running a little bit uncomfortable and holding that for as long as possible. And in the case of the marathon, you should actually be comfortable for a big chunk of it. Until you get to the end and then it starts to get uncomfortable in those final six miles or so. But what's it about? What's the, what's the skill set you need to build to have staying power in a marathon and a half marathon and a 10K? It's actually efficiency at pace. It's not the ability to dig deep and find the edge and go over the edge. It's actually the ability to hold a certain pace that might actually be very much in control and then make that pace feel as easy and comfortable as possible. That is where the magic is. That's what we're trying to unlock with most distance related workouts is not your ability to push the edge and push to that point of throwing up or being sick to your stomach because you've gone too far. 
or falling on the ground because you've gone too far. It's actually your ability to hit something that's slightly uncomfortable and then make it feel even easier. Learn how to bring the heart rate down. Learn how to bring your breathing under control at pace so that you can then extend that pace, burning less energy for longer and longer stretches so that you can then do it for a half marathon or a marathon and have the success that you're looking for. That is the magic that we're mostly trying to unlock with distance-related workouts. And yet, most people, instead of backing off and staying in control at pace, trying to be smooth and efficient at pace, they're always trying to find the edge. And a lot of that's because we're trained that way, especially in America, where if it's not hurting, it's not working. Well, I want you to consider the exact opposite in 2024 for most of your workouts is that instead of making it hurt, I want you to actually make it feel easier and think about what that means. That means staying in control of your breathing. That means being meditative in movement while running, which is not an easy thing to unlock, but you can with practice. That means bringing your heart rate and breathing under control at effort. It's really hard to learn how to do that, but if you can, In 2024, I promise you it will unlock things for you on race day that you didn't anticipate. But most of the time, instead of focusing on control and being efficient, we're trying to push the edge. We're trying to hurt more, which defeats the purpose. And by the way, puts you at risk for injury. And instead of listening to our body and being connected and present to our breathing and our heart rate, We're looking and staring at our GPS device to figure out what it's telling us because we think that's the end all and be all of outcomes and results out there in workouts and races. And it's just not, you want to feel more, you want to be connected to your effort, use the data, certainly, and especially in hindsight to learn from it. But instead of looking and being obsessed with your watch, I want you to actually feel how you're feeling, get connected to that so that you can then control it. And you absolutely unlock magic when you can learn how to get your heart rate and breathing under control once they get out of control. I mean, that is such an amazing skill to have and develop is when your heart rate and breathing spikes and when you can have the presence of mind to be aware of it, to get calm, to get meditative on the run, to relax on the run and slow it all down. It's not an easy skill to develop, but absolutely can be developed, but you have to practice it. And the key to practicing it is instead of pushing the edge and going beyond the paces you're supposed to be going, I want you to actually start on the slower side and really work those skills because I promise you the efforts will be right and you'll get the physiological benefit you need. And also you'll develop this muscle of being able to control and be efficient at pace and it unlocks amazing things when you focus on it. So less is more also when it comes to pace and workouts. Number three, less is more when it comes to races. Less is more when it comes to races. I think in general, people race too much. As we've talked about before in this podcast, you can only peak two max three times a year if you're training appropriately and periodizing appropriately so that you peak appropriately to really put your eggs in a few baskets and get the most out of your races. And yet people always want to try to squeeze in more. And so I would encourage you 
2024 to resist the temptation to race too much. A guy I follow on Twitter, Alan Cousins, who's an ath- a triathlete coach, he said this in a tweet last year. He said, one problem or problem that people have in running is they have too many A races, too many B races, and not enough C races, with the implications that we're trying to peak too many times, which would be A races. We're thinking that we need backup plans and backup races, which would be B races, and we're not doing enough fun races where we're not putting pressure and we're just going out there to learn and maybe practice something in prep for another race. And so I want you to consider what your plan is for 2024. And instead of cramming in three peaks, like maybe you did last year or four, I want you to pick two, pick two races or even be as bold as picking one race that you're going to circle on the calendar and make the thing that matters. And that doesn't mean you don't do other races. It just means that you gear everything towards one or two A races in 2024 so that you can put all of your energy in building the skill sets that you need to get there. It's not unlike what I did for Houston, and I think that's probably an abnormal choice to say, hey, 18 months ago or even two years ago, I'm going to build towards something that's that far out, that's 18 to 24 months out, but that's what I did, and I put together a plan that would allow me to work on different weaknesses to get there. That's probably too extreme for most. But what if in 2024 you said, hey, there's one race that really matters. Again, there may be others that you decide to do, but what if you said, hey, there's one race that really matters. What do you want the most? And then you went about building a plan to optimize everything you could towards that big day. What would happen? That would allow you to work some weaknesses, really optimize your strengths, and then hopefully peak in a way that's going to give you the outcome that you want and beyond what you might have imagined if you really put your eggs in one basket. If one's too few, pick two, but not more than that. Because when we race too much, when we try to peak too much, it doesn't work. It's suboptimal for, for our fitness. We're asking our body to do too much. Physiologic, physiologically, it can't handle staying at peak fitness for very long. It can only handle that for small windows. And then you need to come off of that peak and recover from it and decompress from it, both physically and mentally, so that you can then build back to a higher place. We have to detrain, to retrain to a higher place. And all of that is congruent with having fewer peaks. So less is more when it comes to racing in 2024. I want you to be really, really particular about how many you do. And again, you can have prep races, but those prep races should be C races. They shouldn't be things where you're putting pressure or having specific goals, but are designed and catered to support and supplement what you're trying to build towards your A race. So that might mean doing it as a workout. That might mean doing it as an easy run. That might mean, in certain cases, racing it all out, but it has to fit in a way that's additive. That's not going to take away from your peak. So less is more when it comes to races. That's number three there. Number four there, and the last one we'll talk about, is less is more when it comes to strength training. Less is more when it comes to strength training. I want to clarify this because I don't want people to be confused that I'm telling people not to strength train. That's not what I'm saying. 
What I'm saying is that if you're strength training and you should be as a runner to stay healthy, to be strong, to not only support performance, but also to aid in injury prevention, you need to be strength training. Now, if you're not doing it, you need to be smart about how you add it in. But I want it to be clear that when we're talking about strength training as runners and we're talking about doing strength training that's supporting our running, then I think most of the time people think about it as being more than it is. I think people get greedy when they think about it or they don't want to do it or they don't have a routine in it. They think it has to be really complicated and a whole lot. But let's remember, if you're doing strength training, it should support your running. It is the secondary supplemental activity that is designed to help you be a better runner, which means that if running is your primary goal, then strength should be built and catered to support your running and not take away from it. And therefore, it can actually be pretty bound, pretty bound in a way that is manageable and supportive. But I think most of the time when we think of it, we think, oh, it has to be this elaborate thing with a lot of elements to it. And we're trying to do more or we're thinking that it should be more when really it shouldn't be more than two times a week, 30 to 40 minutes, maybe six to eight exercises at a time where you're working on a handful of movements, squat, hinge, push, pull, core. That's it. One to two movements per category, making sure that you do two leg as well as single leg work. And that's it. 30 to 40 minutes of exercise where you're doing a little bit of work weighted with manageable set of reps so that the next day you feel good. Shouldn't be beat up. Shouldn't be destroyed. Shouldn't be super sore. You should feel good the next day. And yes, you might be sore in those initial weeks when you're getting started from scratch. But after that, you should be able to do it consistently a couple times a week without being sore the next day. And if you're sore the next day, that means you're doing too much. I won't name names, but I had someone recently tell me that they were really sore from doing a particular exercise, strength-related exercise. And they were asking me how they could manage that in a different way so they wouldn't be so sore. And I simply asked, well, how many reps are you doing? And I got a really high number in response. And I said, okay, well, let's stop doing that. We don't need to do that many reps. We can significantly reduce the number of reps, add perhaps a little bit of weight, but do it in a way that you're not sore. That's what you want because a small dosage of strength done consistently week in and week out, will make a massive difference in performance and in staying healthy. You do not have to do anything complicated, elaborate, long, Herculean. You should not be sore afterwards once you've established a consistent routine. It should be supplemental activity that supports what you're doing in a way that is not debilitating. Period. Full stop. And if you're doing more than that, then you're probably doing too much and you can dial it back. And yes, strength is important for longevity, but let me tell you what's more important 
than any one workout, just like with running, is the consistency with which you do those workouts. So if you create a sustainable routine that you can do 30, 40 minutes twice a week for not just days or weeks or months, but years, the strength that you'll build, the movement capability and capacity and mobility that you will build while doing that consistently and supporting your performance and staying healthy along the way will be immense simply by doing small things consistently. That's where the magic is. When you're doing strength, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be robust. It just has to be consistent. Small doses done consistently will work magic. And so that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about less is more with strength. And I think oftentimes we think it's complicated or we make it too complicated or we do too much weight and we're really sore the next day and we think it has to hurt just like our workouts have to hurt and running in order to be beneficial. And that's just not true. It shouldn't debilitate you. It shouldn't ruin your run the next day. Make it manageable, intentionally manageable. And if you're starting out, Start out slower or easier or with less weight than you think so that you can develop proficiency in movement before you start to layer in more weight so that you can do it in a way that is not debilitating. So less is more when it comes to strength. All right, we will wrap it, but want to quickly recap. More is more when it comes to miles. More is more when it comes to variety, particularly in training for a variety of race distances, 5K to marathon and everything in between. More is more when it comes to mental prep. I want you to do more of that in 2024. More is more when it comes to fueling. And then where is less more? Less is more when it comes to slowing down on your easy days. I want your recovery runs to be slower in 2024 than ever. Less is more when it comes to pace in workouts and pressing the edge. Less is more when it comes to races peak one or two times this year and see what happens. And then less is more when it comes to strength. Hopefully, this episode helps you create more balance to do more of the right things and less of the things that will not be as prudent or beneficial in 2024 so that you can go get more of your goals. And if you want to join us in the journey, we'd love to have you check us out at roguerunning.com. Again, both of our virtual groups are open as we speak, but the Renegades particularly will be shutting down soon. So act now, email us at coaching at roguerunning.com if you have questions or are interested. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to my sponsors, Care of, John G, as well as BetterHelp. And we're going to wrap this episode here. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.